the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. And welcome back as we head into Hour 2 this Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. Hugely important day and a hugely important day in law and morality and politics. Few people I wanted to hear from more after the news of last night's uh, leaked decision authored by Samuel Alito that John Roberts has confirmed is, in fact, uh, an accurate uh, leak of an accurate decision. draft opinion. Few people I wanted to hear from as much as I wanted to hear from Penny Young Nance, the CEO and president of Concerned Women for America. I'm sure a hugely busy day for you, uh, Penny. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you, Seth. Always an honor to be on with you. Thank you very much. I have so many questions for you. Let me start here. When you saw what uh, Justice Alito had written and what looked like uh, has a majority of votes uh, behind it on the on the Supreme Court in the Dobbs case, what what were your first thoughts? I, I'd love to know your initial reactions. Well, you know, obviously, Concerned Women for America has worked and prayed for the overturning of Roe and Casey now since our inception. It was started in 1979 by Dr. Beverly LaHaye with prayerful Christian women who, you know, have, you know, stood up against the left and women who said that, you know, they pretended to represent all American women saying that women want abortion. And these were women that said, no, we believe in the right to life and we believed in the sanctity and dignity of life. And so... It's just an amazing moment as we, you know, wait to see what actually happens. But this is really what we've been praying for. I mean, if anything close to the draft that Justice Alito uh, apparently wrote Mm -hmm. um, is the final decision, we will be thrilled. And we will, you know, do what has to be done, which is, of course, rolling up our sleeves and getting to work because this doesn't mean that abortion is legal illegal throughout the country it right. just means it, it means it throws it back to the states and that seven men in 1973 don't get to decide for all of it uh, penny uh one of the things that we are surrounded with hearing whether it's from the elites and the culture the main uh the main legacy mainstream media um Op-eds, editorials, you name it, is we are we are inundated, soaked with the notion that abortion and the right to an abortion is an issue for women's health. It's a women's health issue that the Supreme Court should not be weighing in on or weighing in on in the manner that will restrict access to women's health. You're the head of a group called uh, an important big group, (laughs) Concerned Women for America, representing over 500,000 Americans at least. Uh, What do you say to this issue, this argument that abortion is a women's health issue? Well, first, we agree that in 1973 that that seven men shouldn't have gotten involved. They needed to leave it to the states and allow us to advocate our positions to our state and local governments. Um, But, you know, there is Women are not monolithic, and to re- it is a fallacy 
It is a fake notion to pretend that taking the life of another human being, and in some states, all the way up to the birth, I live in the Commonwealth of Virginia, Mm -hmm. it is one of the most radical states in the country for abortion because we had very liberal governor and and, uh, state legislature prior to the election of Glenn Youngkin. Mm -hmm. Women have spoken. We st- and believe me, Terry McAuliffe tried very much to win the election based on the issue of, of abortion, and Virginia women said, no thanks. We don't agree with your position on this, this radical position that uh, that life should be ended just based on the, the feelings of another human being. We believe that violence in the womb is a, a clearly a spiritual, moral issue as well as a health issue for the mother, but not in the way they're saying it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you raise, yeah, you you you've, you raised a, uh, an important angle to this because November is coming, and uh, conservatives, Republicans, if you step back and look at it without just a political analyst's hat on, uh, Penny, does do, do do conservatives or Republicans you think have cause to worry with this decision with? you know, suburban women and women voters generally? Or do you think it's a general wash? Or do you think it is going to be a benefit for conservatives and Republicans? Well, I mean, I think there's a number of ways to look at this. Number one, I believe that abortion is a waterline issue. I can never support a member of Congress, a politician, um, a leader of any sort that doesn't recognize the right to life, that can't just at basic level understand the importance of protecting the, the most vulnerable. But, you know, that is not the position for every single person. In fact, it, when you rank issues, it, it tends to be lower, you know, down on the list. I mean, things like Social Security and pocketbook issues, crime tend to rank, rank higher. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that it certainly will be a key issue. And the Democrats are hoping, and they certainly tried in the Virginia election to make it uh, the issue that would bring uh, – more left-leaning, left-of-center women, suburban women to the polls. But what happened is you had, in 2022, the year of the parent, and you have parents who are saying, wait a minute, I don't like the direction of this country. I'm not better off than I was two years ago. The issue of inflation, the pocketbook issues, the issue that my school has has drifted so far left that I don't even recognize the ideology that's being taught to my kids, is very important, is the top-of-mind issue. But I will also say that we know um, from over the years in the polling data, which, by the way, get ready, you're going to see a bunch of garbage polls oh, yeah. come out. It's, oh, our, yeah. it's what they always oh, do, yeah. right? Yeah. They're always they're going to ask the question wrong, and then you're going to see all this polling right. that, that tries to influence the justices, and hopefully, I don't. I hope it won't. But um, but you you recognize that there's you know a group of women who say wait a minute I I believe that um, there's this is a key issue it's an important issue and I'm voting on a range of issues and I think you will see that now you, you know, people's positions are pretty hardened on this yeah. but we we are breaking down when you ask the question about abortion and you really kind of tease out where the country is they certainly aren't with the left that abortion should be legal anytime any number all paid for by the taxpayer. That is not the position of American people. They don't believe that the United States should be one of seven countries in the world that allows abortion after 20 weeks. Um, we're arguing right now, We're ta- the Supreme Court case is over 15 weeks. That is a time when a little baby has all her fingers and toes, has a beating heart, has all her major organs, can suck her thumb, 
can hear and respond to her mother's voice and can feel pain. That, at bottom, is an issue that American women and men recognize as really one that that is about humanity and about human rights. We're talking with Penny Nance. She's the CEO and president of Concerned Women for America, ConcernedWomen.org. Penny, um, that state's effort issue that you just raised and how this will now return to the states, what does it say about the um, pro-choice movement or those that you know oppose the, the, the draft opinion as we've seen it? What does it say about the 50-year effort of that movement that they are so nervous about submitting it to state legislatures? Shouldn't – if they are confident in their position and if it is a dominant position and view, shouldn't, shouldn't they be confident that the states will do the right things? Or is this a mark of their failure to convince the country that abortion isn't uh, anything uh, more meaningful than just removing uh, tissue from a body? Well, that's that's 100 percent true. I mean, you know, since 1973, we have the invention. Well, they they had the sonogram, but it wasn't um, widely used and it wasn't as effective as it is today. We can actually see the picture of our little babies' faces now. And young women, our young women for America, collegiate chapters across this country often own their own sonograms, right? So they failed because science caught up with them. And because there was, you know, the, the truth has won out. And so, yes, if they had, um, they had, you know, courage of their conviction, convictions and um, believed in their own arguments, go argue at, on a state-by-state basis. That's what we're hoping to do. But they've had it really good. They've had the issue settled for them by that's, seven yeah. men, and they really liked that. Yeah. And we're saying, no, sorry, that's over. You're going to have to go make your make your case in a state by state basis. In, in, interestingly enough, I, I point this out all the time, and you're right to do so. Seven men uh, did write this opinion. It was a seven to two opinion in 1973, and uh, it, 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 it comes to some interest when when we hear the abor- the pro abortion or the pro choice movement saying men shouldn't even have a vote or a voice on this. Right. Well, we wouldn't even have uh, the Roe versus Wade opinion if uh, I mean, (laughs) if men didn't have a voice on this. It's interesting. We now have three women on the court and Roe versus Wade Mm -hmm. may be overturned based on the fact that one of those votes was, in fact, a woman Supreme Court justice. Let me take a quick break, Penny. And come back because I want to talk to you about people who have changed their minds on this issue a little bit, if I could. Mm -hmm. I'm Seth Liebson. She is Penny Young, Nance, CEO and president of Concerned Women for America, ConcernedWomen.org. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Penny Young, Nancy Ill, and president of Concerned Women for America is our guest. ConcernedWomen.org is their website. Penny, you said something in the last segment that uh, I seized upon when you were absolutely right to put it this way, but there are interesting crevices to it. You said most people's minds are pretty hardened on this issue, and I I agree with you on that. There are people who have, and we've all run into them, uh, changes of mind about it. Interesting, unless you see differently, interesting, the conversion stories tend to be towards 
towards the pro-life side, don't they? I don't know a lot of people who are pro-life and become pro-choice. I'm sure they exist. A lot of it is in that other direction. And if I may, a lot of it from women who have gone through an abortion procedure. Isn't that true? That is 100% true. And, you know, I, I, I meet women all the time that very sadly, and, and let me just take this opportunity Seth, to say, I believe in redemption. Mm. I don't believe that God wants us to carry around shame of abortion, you know, our whole lives. Jesus forgives, and it's all, it's all, all welcome at the foot of the cross is we're all sinners. Um, and, and, but I do meet these women, and we have leaders, many leaders at Concern Women for America that are active for that very reason, the deep regret of their abortion. I've met many, many, many around the country over the years. I've yet to have met one woman who's sorry that she carried the term and perhaps parented or even placed her child for adoption. Um, and so I, I think that came up post uh, the Dobbs argument in, in reaction to Amy Coney Barrett. I mean, she, you know, she's a, an adoptive mother. She, she's a Supreme Court justice with seven children. Yeah. Um, and is really drives the stake in the heart of the argument that if you are a woman, if you're a successful woman, that you must embrace abortion. She does not, and so um, and, and certainly recognizes that in 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 her own life in adopting children um, from other countries. And so uh, I do run into that often, and I, I I just think the fact that the something the left misses. And this even happened in my own life. An, an unplanned pregnancy does not mean an unwanted child. Right. Those right. two things are very different. And we all have stories. Mies have stories to tell with their own families within our own lives. Um, it, those are two very different things. There are scared women who have zero support, often from the, the men or even their parents who um, aren't willing to, you know, help them, pressure them to make a decision that they often regret. And our goal at Concerned Women for America is not only to talk, work on a policy level, but also to make alternatives widely available, which they are today, but make sure everyone knows what we have available. So we're working with Congresswoman Nancy Mace yep. from South Carolina mm-hmm. to get a piece of legislation passed that will make available what we're internally calling life.gov. And that will make um, available within your zip code all the alternatives to abortion. And there's a lot of them, whether it's scholarships, whether it's legal health, whether it's, you know, housing, whether it's education, whether it's, you know, job training, whether it's adoption services, whatever it is that you need to make a choice um, in, in, in understanding life and understanding the importance of that child that you carry, we want to make that an easy decision. Well, I, I, I wonder why there has been such a disconnect, and may, maybe this has been part and parcel of the effort to uh, to concretize the notion that someone that, – that the child might be unwanted, and that's the end of the story. I don't understand why we have not been able to connect all these parents you and I both know who are pulling their hair out trying to adopt a kid. Yeah. And on the yeah. other hand – you know, over 600,000 abortions a year. I don't get why we can't connect that line. We can connect that line. Okay. We should connect that line. At some point, um, you know, it, the left convinced women that the, the quote-unquote easy choice is to choose abortion, but that's not true. It's not easy, and it's not simple, and it's not over. It's something you carry for the rest of your life. 
And so, you know, the early feminists knew that. Susan B. Anthony talked about that. Mm-hmm. And we need to do a better job, and we're we're willing. But, you know, there's only about 800 Planned Parenthood clinics around the country. Okay. There's, a, there's about 3,000 pregnancy care centers that are staff of volunteers who are there for the long haul with these women, whereas Planned Parenthood takes your money and then they're done with you. Yeah. They don't even want follow-up on aftercare if you have a, have a problem, which we don't even know what those numbers are because there's not hard, hardly any reporting in, that's required for that. So um, there's work to be done, there's, but there's a lot of work that's been done. Our movement has grown so far since 1973. The services and alternatives that are available for women is across the board. We just gotta, we've got to connect them all and make sure people understand what they are. Penny, uh, finally, kind of difficult. I, I took a stab at this in my in my first hour, but it, it, it's hurtful to to raise it. But there is something underneath this debate that goes to the issue of race. There is something underneath this debate that seems to disproportionately affect, if not, I will say, target minority communities. Would you like to weigh in on that? Well, absolutely. It is. It, it is. Um, incontrovertible that the beginning with the founding of Planned Parenthood and uh, Margaret Sanger, who was the eugenicist, that this effort is racist. And she began her work in order to get rid of what she called human weed. And people who she and the entire movement of the cool kids, by the way, there's a great PBS movie on it, um, it's a documentary on it, that shows pictures of her sitting in sparkling ballrooms with the most wealthy and most elite of New York City in the 1930s and mm-hmm. um, 1920s. And the idea was that some people deserve life and others did not. And it was up to them to decide who was worthy. And so that was the beginning of the movement, and it has downward spiraled since. And unfortunately, as a as a country, we have funded them to the tune of half a billion dollars or more a year. And to this day, there is more. The majority of Planned Parenthood clinics, the abortion clinics, are in, about eighty percent of those are in minority neighborhoods, getting rid of the people they don't think are worthy. Whereas our position is, we love you. We want to come beside you, and we think your child is worthy of life. Yeah, there's nothing more ironic uh, to me on a day like today than to hear the left on uh, CNN, MSNBC, and elsewhere, ABC, if I if I want to bring in the view here, the show, the view of hearing uh, the the the, the uh, Supreme Court justices led by Sam Alito as fascists. When you think about what underlies this whole procedure and the whole civil mm-hmm. rights movement behind this procedure, if you can even call it that, is based on the notion of lives unworthy of life, lives unwanted, lives unworthy of being protected. Nothing more fascist than that, is there, Penny? That's right, 100%. But, you know, we this may be the day, this may be the time has come in which we, we pray that America will once again a nation that welcomes life and we believe that every single child, regardless of any circumstances, regardless of race, regardless of socioeconomic level, is worthy of life, regardless of any of their abilities. We must welcome them and we must find a place for them in our loving society. Penny Young Nance, CEO and President of Concerned Women for America, ConcernedWomen.org. Thank you, Penny, for everything you are and Thanks, everything Seth. you do. You betcha. Godspeed. God bless. I'm Seth. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Portions of which are brought to you by the good people of Balance of Nature. They're fruits and veggies I take every single day. It's powerful, potent stuff. It's all natural, 100%. When I say all, I mean all. And the veggies, talk about the fruits a lot. What's in the veggies, you may ask? Spinach, garlic, kale, cauliflower, cayenne pepper, uh, zucchini, yams, wheatgrass, shiitake mushrooms. You get all of that in a daily dose and more. You get a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables, equivalent of 10 servings of fruits and vegetables with a single daily dose. I attribute my good health and immunity to it, my energy to it, uh, and I take it every single day. And if that's something you want to do too, go to balanceofnature.com. That's balanceofnature.com. And make sure to use discount code BALANCE. 602-508-0960 is the number. Anything you want to talk about? We've been spending a lot of time on uh, the leak of the uh, of the um, of the Sam Alito uh, draft opinion, and I have some more thoughts on that. I want to share with you as well. But first, let's go to Ryan in Phoenix. Hello, Ryan. Well, what a pleasure! Thank you so much for taking my call. Oh, what what a nice thing to say. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and especially after that song, I, I I literally was singing along. Oh, remind um, me which one I got in. Uh, what song were well, we? Well, lost my heart on the day. Oh we yeah, little Randy it, Travis. But yeah, it a lot and that it don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, leave it, Randy yeah. Travis. Okay. Randy Travis. Yeah, that that would work. Oh. <laughs> okay. Randy Travis, not Ryan. Yeah, okay, There's gotcha. a reason. Yeah, right. There's a reason he's box <laughs> office, and you song. and I are doing yeah. talking. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I've so, tried to, Ryan. It's not personal. <laughs> I have tried it too. It doesn't work. I got. I went. I went to. A, I went to a. You'll get a kick out of this. I hope. Um, I went to a, a karaoke thing one night and uh, up in Cave Creek, Carefree area, and I. Uh, I did a meatloaf song, and and uh, this uh, very elderly woman came up to me, and uh, when I was done, and she put her hand on my shoulder, and she said. Meatloaf is very hard to do. <laughs> that was okay. That was that was the end of my singing career. Hey, listen. On my honeymoon, I tried to sing uh, the Bee Gees. And you're Tragic. still married. And I'm still married. There you 20, go. Twenty-one right. years later. Okay. So yes. All right. <laughs> go ahead, sir. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, so two quick things. I, I I wanted to let everyone know if if they didn't know already that uh, Sig Sauer the 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 gunmaker yeah. is doing, yeah, they're doing a big event up at Ben Avery this weekend. And I thought it sounded like a lot of fun. I'm not attending myself, but I just thought it sounded like a sure. lot of fun. Sure, why not? Tell uh, people about it. Yeah, it's called Big Freedom Days, and uh, you can register it and, and, you know, you know Great. go and shoot all their new firearms and this and that. That's where I learned but, how uh, to shoot a shotgun. I had never done uh, skeet. I'd never at, done skeet before. I'd never done it, uh, and I learned there. Yeah. Good. I love going up there and yeah. shooting the sporting clays. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a blast. Oh, yeah, it was a blast. I had a great time. I, I remember exactly who took me to do it, too. Anyway, go ahead. Yep. Oh, very fun. So the other thing I was calling about was because um, I, I work in a uh, in, in Phoenix here and in a very, I would say, left-planted sort of company. And uh, about, I don't know, eight months ago or so, I got into cowboy action shooting, which is single action shooting. You know, you dress yep. up and you wear the cowboy hat. Yep. And uh, I started coming into work with the cowboy hat and the belt buckle and the whole thing. <laughs> and um, and I started getting some sort of looks and this and that. And uh, 
I thought I'd, I'd reply with this when, when people would say, I can't see you in this cowboy hat. I don't understand the cowboy hat. I would say, well, I identify as a cowboy. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Sure. And the reaction was, well, then you are a cowboy. Yeah, <laughs> it's that easy. It's that, it's like declaring bankruptcy. You just stand outside your door and scream, "I declare bankruptcy." Yes, I am a cowboy, and you. Yes, yeah, and they agree. Someone, someone said, next time a, uh, next time you're involved in the abortion debate, and uh, someone tells you, you know, as a man, you have no right to weigh in on this. Just say, "Fine." Then during this battle, I'll be identifying as a woman. You told me I could do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would a cowboy question for you, Ryan? This this could light up the lines real quick. Would a cowboy wear his hat inside the office, indoors? You know, that's a tough question. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Be- because of the times we're in, I would say that most cowboys would indeed. Okay. <laughs> right. uh, now, in the, in the modern cowboy. Past, they okay. wouldn't. They would take it off. That's but the right. modern cowboy would because, of course, hats are acceptable inside in general. I got and you. And therefore, a cowboy would wear another another hat. Another indice on the index of failing cultural indicators. Ryan, you're a treasure. <laughs> you're a pride. Give me another call sometime. I, it was fun hearing from you. That was good. I'm Seth. 602-5080-960. We'll be right back. I declare bankruptcy Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. For those of you looking for a great and unique investment opportunity with a fabulous return for investors, check out my friends at Y Refi. I've met with these guys several times. I've looked under that hood a bunch to get a full understanding of what they're offering, and it is a really great deal. I'm talking about a fixed, no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Why Refi helps people who are doing their best to dig out a debt the responsible way by doing the right thing to pay off their debts and doing so with dignity, even getting their FICO scores fixed along the way to get their life back on track. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by really great people who are doing very well by helping others and you can too. What more can I say about how good these guys are? Um, log into their website, check them out, invest whyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com, or give them a call at 855-316-3087. It's a local company. You can visit them. They're not going to do a heavy sales pitch or any kind of sales pitch. They just want to talk about what they do. They're so proud of it, and it is great. Why Refi is in the business of helping people that others won't, and you can be too. Again, investyrefi.com or call 855-316-3087. Heidi is in Mayer, Arizona. Hello, Heidi. Hi, Seth. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Yeah. So I just wanted to point out that these leftists who insist on abortion with no limits, um, regardless of the you know feelings of the unborn child, aren't these same people who fight for the rights? of death row inmates to have, you know, humane executions? Aren't these the same people? 
Yeah. So here's something that I find really interesting about all of this. There are so many discompobulations in this, so many upset, misplaced uh, uh, priorities and revisions of common sense in this debate, Heidi. You're right to point it out. Um, I've been I've been tracking, you know, this kind of stuff for a long time. And what you will often hear in the death penalty debate is an invocation of something Justice William Brennan once said, which is his opposition to the death penalty was based on the notion that, as he put it, uh, life is God's decision, not man's. That That's what he said. That's what a yeah. lot of death penalty opponents will say. And, OK, I, I, I do understand that. That rule, however, as you point out, never gets applied to the innocent in this society, not from exactly. the people that invoke it from the left. So if – You take the logic of this, the innocent can be killed by human decision. The guilty, not so fast. That's what we're left with here. It's an inversion of common sense. It's an inversion of natural right. It's a disorientation of, um, of, of, of morality. It's an odd, odd thing. I understand people. I really do understand people who are opposed to the death penalty and abortion. I get that. Sure. I do, uh, whether it's theological sure. or otherwise. Um, I'm nearly there myself. I'm not quite. I'm nearly there myself. But I, I, I fully understand that. I have never understood sure. those who oppose the death penalty and support abortion. It, it, it's, 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 it's evil incarnate. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just makes no sense at all, and it's, it's just a sad that yeah, I uh, what what Heidi, what do you think you're in mayor, Arizona? What do you think the ramifications of this decision, if it holds or something like it close to it holds? What do you think the ramifications of it will be for our election here in Arizona? Do you think it'll be good for the Dems or good for the Republicans? I think that it will be good for the, the Republicans, because I think everybody sees that the Democrats just jump on something at the last minute right before an election. Um, you know, it's a it's another one of their, um, you know, no tragedy gone to waste or, you know, their whole theory. Um, they, they always throw something in the mix and you can't trust them. But I, I'm just praying, just praying that this goes through. I think um, I, I, I'll, I'll float an idea with you in the audience. I, you know, I could be very wrong. It's hard to know because we've never really been here in at least 50 years. Um, right. We may, our side, the pro-life side, we may have won this debate and not know it. What do I mean by that? If you look at questions from like the Gallup polling organization, they have weirdly worded questions when it gets down to specifics and certain procedures and exceptions. But if they, when they ask the generic question, do you consider yourself pro-choice or pro-life uh, in these national surveys – The answers are consistently within two to three percentage points of each other. Forty nine percent consider themselves pro-choice. Forty seven, forty six percent consider themselves pro-life. We may have won this and not know it in the sense of, you know, that forty nine percent or that, you know, two percent, three percent margin of error uh, majority calling themselves pro-choice. This this may be entirely coastal. This may be entirely, you know, New York and, and California. And Washington State, you know, states that already are kind of lost to Republicans for the time being. It may it. Penny Nance was saying it right earlier. Um, 
you know, this 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 thing that people come home with, you know, these pictures of the of their of their child, their unborn child, these mm-hmm. ultrasounds. Yes. Have you ever heard or even seen a movie script or have you ever heard any mom or mom and dad or couple coming home and saying this is a picture of my fetus? I have never heard that phrase right. from anyone, right. not in Hollywood, no. not no. anywhere. And right. we may have won this and not know it and have been living on an artificial propping up of the uh, abortion ethos in this country based on what I think even honest liberals in honest moments will tell you is an awfully weak decision in Roe v. Wade. It's an awfully, awfully right. weak decision. They were coasting well, on it for some 49 years. Yeah. And and what I've been told, I, I don't know all the facts, but what I've understood is that the Roe v. Wade court decision took so long that she actually had the baby. They didn't rule before she gave birth. Well, I know uh, you're talking about you're talking about Norma McCorvey, uh, who was known as Jane Roe in the case. Also, what I I was talking about with Penny Nance, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people have changed their positions on 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 abortion. Typically, they become pro-life, not pro-choice. Typically, that's the move. That's the direction. Norma McCorvey is is is, you know, patient zero on that. She became pro-life. Right. She became an advocate right. for life and uh, was dispensed right. with, obviously, by the feminist movement, which had propped her up until then. So, you know, right. let's um, let's hold tight. I mean, the big fight will be, of course, in the state legislatures and, of course, in this issue that's hanging over all of us and all of it, which is the breaking of norms, how the left will just do Anything possible, including including taking a wrecking ball to the Supreme Court. You know, it's funny. They talk about saving the precedent in the Supreme Court as they break all precedents to release this draft opinion. This is what we're dealing with. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I, I was just making the point with Heidi in the previous segment, uh, listener caller Heidi and Mayor, that um, Roe v. Wade itself was a very constitutionally infirm opinion that the pro-choice movement has, as I say, coasted on for many, many years, 49 years. It wasn't even supported by a lot of liberal legal scholars and legal minds. John Hart Eli was a famous professor at Yale and then Stanford wrote a call wrote a, a law review article where he said Roe versus Wade is not very good constitutional law and doesn't even pretend to be. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, people forget this. I have in front of me a Washington Post article on Ruth Bader Ginsburg that reminds that she was considered suspect on the issue when Bill Clinton nominated her to the Supreme Court because of criticisms of Roe she had made. Uh, Let me read to you from the Washington Post. Some women's groups questioned President Bill Clinton's choice of Ginsburg for the Supreme Court because she had criticized the legal foundation of the court's landmark 1973 decision in Roe v. Wade. No less than Kate Michaelman, boy, anyone who was around in the 70s or 80s and 90s knows who Kate Michaelman was. No less than Kate Michaelman, then head of the National Abortion Rights Action League, 
was worried. Michaelman said her, quote, her criticisms of Roe raised concerns about whether she believes that the right to choose is a fundamental right or lesser right. Uh, people forget that history. Um, and, it, and, and the only point in bringing it up is to tell you that is to re- remind that, you know, the idea that Roe v. Wade would someday be overturned was not that big of an idea because it was considered to be resting on such weak constitutional ground. Now, I haven't finished reading this draft opinion uh, by Alito. It's uh, almost 100 pages, but I'm halfway through it. And I would urge anyone who really wants to understand, it's written very well, very easy to apprehend, very easy to understand the history of stare decisis, the history of what took place when Roe v. Wade was argued. Did you know this? I didn't know this. Did you know that the trimester uh, the trimester system that Roe v. Wade came to stand for, how you know, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, did you know that neither side in arguing Roe v. Wade, not the Roe side, not the Wade side, neither side suggested this or brought it up or ever? I mean, this was total creation by the Supreme Court. Total um, what's the word I want? Total arrogation of a legislature's job. That's exactly what legislatures are for. The Supreme Court acted as a legislature, which is why Byron White said it was uh, it was not only judicial abuse, not only judicial abuse, but gross judicial abuse. Byron White, Democrat, dissent in Roe v. Wade. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 